AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Gary Grandling. And I'm Connor Orr. And we have arrived at part two of our mock draft series. It opens with, I think this is my favorite part of any show that we ever do. Uh, I'm going to read down the first 21 picks <laughs> that we did on the last show and see how many I mispronounce and how many times I stumble over my uh, own words Ooh. and how many takes we have to do. That's fun. You, the listener, will will hear this in like 90 seconds, but Connor will be sitting here for like 45 minutes as I try to get this right. I'm gonna crack open a uh, I'm gonna crack open a seltzer. So <laughs> take a little nap. You got plenty of time. <laughs> All right, here we go. One through twenty-one. Before we start uh, the second half of this series, number one, Jaguars take Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama. Lions take Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan. Texans take Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame safety. Jets take Iki Ekwanu, the tackle from NC State. Giants take. Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. Panthers take Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Giants, with their second pick, take Trevon Walker, edge from Georgia. Falcons take quarterback Malik Willis from Liberty. Seahawks take Jermaine Johnson, the second edge from Florida State. 
The Jets, with their second first-round pick, take Kayvon Thibodeau, edge out of Oregon. Commanders take Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Vikings take linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Texans, with their second first-round pick, take N'Kobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. Ravens take Jordan Davis, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Eagles take Jamison Williams. Wide receiver Alabama. Saints take a quarterback, Matt Corral, out of Ole Miss. Chargers take Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Eagles take George Karlaftis, edge out of Purdue. Saints with their second first-round pick, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Steelers take quarterback Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. And the Patriots take Chris Olave, wide receiver, out of Ohio State. That brings us to our next batch of 16 teams. We're going all the way down to pick 102, though we're going to we're gonna skip most of them. We do the first round, and then we do the teams that didn't pick in the first round. So sorry, we're not going to give you a pick 78. But uh, we are starting with the Packers at 22. Let's talk draft needs for the Green Bay Packers with uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back for maybe one more run. So... Uh... I had heard something very funny, and one of one of the most uh, enjoyable parts of the draft last year, which um, was we had that whole Aaron Rodgers explosion mm-hmm. in the morning, if you remember that, uh, and then you know that all all the reports he's leaving, he's not happy. Here's a list of teams he's going to go host Jeopardy. Uh, boy, what a time in our lives there that was, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> and then. Uh, later on that afternoon, um, it, it got to be about pick whatever it was. I forget where they were picking. It was like 26, 27, 28, somewhere in there, 28. Does that sound right? Yeah, um, it sounds right. Like pick 24, 25. Um, I had gotten a text um, from someone that's like, watch what's about to happen. They're not going to pick a wide receiver. And uh, lo and behold, they took uh, Eric Stokes out of uh, Georgia. And so it was funny. I was you know kind of poking around at the combine this year thinking like they got to. I mean, they let Devontae Adams go. All they did was re-sign Sammy Watkins. And so, um, you know, I was asking some people and they said, watch how funny this is going to be. Their first priority is edge. Uh, they're going to get they're going to have two picks here in the first round. I think. I feel pretty good about saying the first one is going to be a pass rusher. Boy. <laughs> and I and I don't know I don't know whether this is like a subtle like I'm still in charge thing mm-hmm. or if it's a uh, okay, you know, we handed you the keys to everything, you make this offense work by yourself thing. I don't know what it is. Um but I think that their top priority is a, an edge rusher. I can buy that because of the fact, and we've talked about this a couple of times, it does take a little while for receivers to basically adjust to playing with Aaron Rodgers and get up to speed with Aaron Rodgers. And it's almost like if you take a receiver, and if you're the Packers, you're saying, okay, well, maybe one more year or kind of year to year, you're not going to get the most out of that receiver until year two, maybe probably more likely year three. Uh, and, And that's, you know, that's not totally strict. I, I mean, they ran a different system back in the day. It was, you know, under Mike McCarthy, it was really based on a lot of uh, site adjustments, a lot of basically Rogers improv, and that's why it was so much more effective having Jordy Nelson, and that's why James Jones played there until uh, age 48 or whatever and uh, and all that. But, yeah, I can, I can buy that theory that they're going edge rusher here. 
Yeah, edge rusher first. Now maybe you get your, you come back and you get your receiver. What well, you know at, at some other point. I don't know what the, um, the thought process is there, but um, yeah, I think I think they're going edge here, and I think I mean I don't know who it is, um, but I would say profile wise, uh, well, do I have no? You have the writer first refusal on this. This is an odd pick. I do. Um, I'm I'm eyeing someone. Should we should we like count down and say it at the same time? What's the thing from Step Brothers? Uh, uh, what what do they? Why do they say John Stamos at the same time? Oh, do you know I what I'm talking about? Re- I don't remember. Uh, I remember oh, he said, uh, "Oh man." Um, well, I've whatever. also seen that. I've also seen that movie like 18 times, and I just didn't absorb any of it. Well, it's gonna bother me now. Uh. Ah, okay. All right. Who was the one person that you would sleep with if you were a woman? And then on three, they say, John Stamos. So let's John Stamos it. Uh, One, two, three. Boye Mafe. Yes! Yes! Did we we just become best friends? All right. (laughs) We John Stamos did. Yes! Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, look. This is the team that took Rashawn Gary when nobody wanted Rashawn Gary because he, you know, he was a raw uh, guy out of Michigan. They didn't know what he was going to be translating to the next level, but big time traits guy. That's what Mafe is in this class. Yes, a lot of fun. Um, you can mix him, uh, put him anywhere, and you can kind of ease him in a little bit. Like they have a little bit of depth at the position. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, he's going to be something else. I mean, and they're just layering at this point. I mean, they're just so much better than any other team in that division by yeah. by leaps and bounds. And this really, I think, is a pick that puts the thumb in the eye of the Vikings. Just give this pick to the Lions. <laughs> See, yeah. like you, you guys need it more than us. Yeah, I mean, if if I, you know, if Brian Gutekunst was really a good guy, he would just give it to <laughs> give it to Detroit. <laughs> We are on to the Cardinals at 23. Uh, the I, I'm not sure what happened after like week eight last year. I think the Cardinals won several Super Bowls <laughs> since uh, since that all went down. But uh, the Cardinals, I would I would throw out there that they need a receiver if you are going to uh, stick with Cliff Kingsbury, which they are. Uh, you need to load up on a ton of receivers to make that system work. Uh, they also, they just weren't very good in the trenches, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball late in the year. So I'm sure they're looking at that as well. And they could use cornerback help. Yeah, they need a lot. Um, you know, I had seen some people tinkering with offensive line. I mean, I, I really don't think so. I mean, the offensive line is not the problem there. It's that Kyler doesn't get rid of the ball fast enough. And they, you know, when DeAndre Hopkins isn't healthy, they, they don't have any options. And so, I don't know. I think you lose Christian Kirk and you put yourself in a position where, I mean, we all made fun of the Jacksonville signing, but Christian Kirk, I think, was sneakily like one of the best 50-50 ball guys in the league, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Um, So maybe you replenish in that way. I know you love stylistic compliments, but I don't know if... I don't know if the receiver I'm thinking of is necessarily a stylistic compliment to DeAndre Hopkins, but at least he's gonna he's gonna bring in a lot of fifty fifty balls. So no, I mean, look, we still have Drake London on the board yeah, here. That's we that's also have was... Traylon Burks, another uh, you know Burks. I think is more of a catch and run guy, whereas London is more of a, a downfield contested catch guy. Mm-hmm. 
But it seems like when the Cardinals were really cooking early last year, all of their receivers were winning just an incredible number of of contested catches. Uh, A.J. Green all of a sudden was, I mean, his numbers were through the roof the first half of the season. I remain shocked that that uh, uh, didn't hold up over 17 games. But uh, Drake London would seem to make a lot of sense here. And I do, look, London probably, quote-unquote, fell in our little mock draft exercise here. But uh, I do think a guy like Burks makes a lot of sense here, too. Uh, because I do think they're a team that's going to load up on that type of receiver as opposed to try to uh, build sort of a, 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 a diverse group within that position room. And, uh, you, I mean, look, yeah, Rondale Moore, he's a kind of kind of your gadget guy, kind of your space guy. And now just load up on all the contested catch guys. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know... Uh, I'm 50-50 on exactly what they're going to need but i think uh you know since i kind of hogged the mic on the last one i will give you the um i'll give you the chance to actually turn the card in and then as co-gm i'll decide if i anonymously want to slander you in the press afterwards um but i i think they're going weapon here because you know at the combine cliff kingsbury said i didn't do a good enough job of diversifying the offense after DeAndre Hopkins got hurt. Um, and I think the problem is he doesn't really run anything else. And so in order to diversify the offense, you have to get more talent. So I, I think it has to be a wide receiver here. You have to have four good receivers and you probably have to have two of them be absolutely great receivers mm-hmm. uh, to make this thing work. So uh, we will give them Drake London, the USC wide receiver here, contested catch specialist, uh, and that'll that'll make everyone happy there. Yes. That brings us to the Cowboys, and I'm all sad looking at the Cowboys now because I really wanted to give them Boye Mafe in this in this mock draft exercise, but he's off the board, so now I'm sad that we're such good friends. Man. But uh, what else are we looking at here for the Cowboys? Uh, I would go. I think the Cowboys, even though you have Micah Parsons, um, you know, you'd you'd maybe want an uh, an edge guy to pair. Um, uh, with Demarcus Lawrence, um, I think all of your other, you know what's weird about Dallas is I don't think there was a team in the league that three years ago y- you would have said they have by far the best offensive line and off-ball linebacking core in the NFL. Like, and it's not even close. I mean, even before Micah Parsons got there, you had Leighton Vander Esch, you had Jalen Smith, you had Sean Lee, uh, and then you had that that vaunted offensive line. I think both of those are in disrepair. I mean, Parsons obviously speaks for himself in terms of what he brings to the linebacking core, but I do think you're going to need some some more internal guys there. So I think that could be in a, a spot you'd go. I think you could go edge, uh, or I think you could go offensive line, which uh, might be something that they're thinking about here too. They did lose Connor Williams in free agency here. I thought their depth on the offensive line showed up pretty well last year. Uh now, in our exercise here, we, we do have Kenyon Green still on the board. We have Tyler Linderbaum still on the board, who's a, a center-only Green. Uh, you're probably going to play a guard, though you could probably stretch him at tackle if you uh, if you wanted to. They, of course, lost Lyle Collins as well. Uh, I don't know. As I, as I say it out loud, maybe they do end up addressing offensive line here in the first round. Uh, they've really just—I mean, they, their track record of first-round offensive line is just so strong. 
Yeah, I mean, Will McClay, you know, everyone always says Jerry Jones' offensive line. It's like, you know, there's a reason that people keep trying to hire Will McClay. You know, I mean, he's really good at his job. He's the guy who's actually, like, telling people, um, you know, what picks to make and is doing a pretty good job of that. Do you think that they run enough, like, zony concepts to make, like, Tyler Linderbaum worth the investment? I mean, I just, I you know, I just see him as such an outside zone guy. Uh, but I don't know if, like, you know, it's a, um, I don't know if it's, like, one of those, like, things where he's just so good and so athletic off the ball that you pretty much assume he can do anything. I wonder if they do want to get back to that at some yeah. point. I mean, their their heyday with with Ezekiel Elliott and those early Dak Prescott days, that was one of the staples of that offense. Uh, and then Travis Frederick obviously has the uh, uh, the Guillain-Barre syndrome and was never quite the same after that, and obviously he's retired at this point. They just can't do what they used to do up front. And frankly, this was a team that threw a, a lot in sort of neutral situations last year. I actually don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, uh, I am going to make that claim and assume it was true because uh, I'm just basing that off <laughs> off watching them uh, all season. So that's one that's one spot. I mean, I could see it. I could see them going with a uh, Tyler Linderbaum here and trying to recapture that old magic with uh, with with some of the outside zone stuff. And Travis Frederick was the best reach blocker in the NFL. The linebacker thing is really interesting, just because. If you want to, on one hand, if you want to keep on moving Micah Parsons around, which they uh, they should want to, that worked out really well last year. Uh, you had that option. They did bring in Dante Fowler on the edge. Uh, they also they have Jabril Cox from last season, kind of an interesting, uh, you know, pure speed linebacker who, uh, you know, maybe they feel good about him and pairing him uh, with with Van Der Esch if they move Parsons around, but. You want me to totally hijack this conversation with... Uh, I, I, yeah, I do, because I, I don't really know where I want to go here for the Cowboys. I would think, too. And again, I mean, Dan Quinn reinvented himself, so let's not assume that this is him trying to recreate the best things that he's had <clears throat> with the Falcons, but Devontae Wyatt is still on the board, and their interior is pretty butt, you know, in terms of, you know, if you get a pocket pusher in there, I think that makes... Demarcus Lawrence, who's already one of the best edge rushers in the league, even better. And then Micah Parsons off the other side. I mean, you know, uh, that's that's a consideration here, too. I can buy that. A uh, lot of options here. Um, so who's... Um, this is odd numbers. So no, nope, this mm. is even number. So it's me. Mm. Uh, OK, so I'm I'm on the I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get my insider text up so i'm gonna have albert and adam schefter and uh ian rapaport on uh on my phone and uh i'm just gonna wait to see what you pick and then i'll decide what i want to text them in terms of uh you can check twitter in five minutes and see if sources disagreed on the pick and also in two years when 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 the pick is either successful or unsuccessful well i'm just sort of cowering in the corner of the war room right now because I don't want to make a decision. <laughs> so I'll kind of be like, yeah, what that guy said. Uh, we'll do it. We'll, we'll give him Devontae Wyatt. I do like that. They they are a little bit shaky up the middle in that defense. Both they are. The, the uh, interior defensive line, we, we mentioned their linebackers are, yeah, could Leighton Van Der Esch have sort of a renaissance? Maybe. 
Probably not, but maybe. Um, and then they're not great at safety either. But uh, let's give him Devontae Wyatt. And there's a bit of uh, you know best player on the board uh, aspect to that as well. Yes. All right. Devontae Wyatt is a Dallas Cowboy in our world. And that brings us to the Buffalo Bills at 25. America's new team following up America's old team. They really kind of are, you know, and I will say that when I renounced my um, I don't have Browns fandom anymore, um, obviously, but I, I renounced like my passive Browns fandom on Twitter. I will say that I got more invites to become a Bills fan by far than any other fan base. I'm not saying I took anybody up on it, but um, the invitation was appreciated. I'm just going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to take this pick a little bit more seriously than I took the last five, you know, Um, (laughs) just kidding. Um, So I have the bills, you know, again, I think cornerback, I I say need here in quotation marks. I think if they got another cover corner, they go from already like close to the best defense in the league to damn near unstoppable. Um, my, so I've cornerback, linebacker, interior offensive line, running back slash weapon and wide receiver slash re- weapon. Um, you know, so I have my eye on, whew, you know, cause we've just been waiting to see and Bill's fans really got on me when I said that they weren't upgrading their weapon set enough around Stefan Diggs, And they were like, but what about Emmanuel Sanders? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know not good enough um you got you know you have gabriel davis i love um uh you have jameson crowder in there now i loved what isaiah mckenzie provided towards the end of the Mm -hmm. season last year like i thought he was such a cool um little wrinkle um uh for the team but i wonder you know and i don't know what kind of necessarily what kind of a scheme fit this is but like okay so you've got You've got a great cornerback on the board right now who I think is perfect for that. Um, um, and you have uh, some you have some really good wide receivers too. So, I mean, I, I think there's, there's a lot of options there. I think they'd address that cornerback need. Uh, yeah. And I, I think there's also something to be said for. And, and they held up fine. I, I will say, you know, Dane Jackson was – Certainly good enough after Tredavious White went down last year. Not not great. Uh, you probably feel n- pretty good about him as your number three corner. Uh, I should say more like number four because Teron Johnson plays uh, inside exclusively for them. But yeah, like if he is your plan B at one of those boundary spots, I think you feel good about that. If he's your plan A, you're probably not wild about it. So. I mean, I know you're you're probably eyeing Trent McDuffie here. Yeah, so you have McDuffie there, but also, you know, I mean, McDuffie seems to be like the consensus third corner among the draft Twitterati. But like that, I think like after the first two guys, the the, the cornerback position gets especially weird and sort of, you know, it, it gets very preferential, right? And so I think you could go. Um, Andrew Booth from from Clemson, um, Kair Elam from Florida, you know, any of these guys I think could theoretically be the guy here. But let's put McDuffie in there, I think, just as like, okay, you know, um, I'm kind of like hedging my bets here a little bit. But I'm just saying, like, I think this is where it could get super weird and and preferential. But I think the the Bills just need, you know, I, I. they have that extra guy in there. I mean, this is kind of how we thought on paper, at least um, 
that the Browns were going to look after they added Greg Newsom last year, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like, God, they're already so good, and then this is going to be the guy that shuts it all down. Now, does that does he end up developing into that guy this year? Possibly. I don't know. You know, I I, I don't know what happens there, but um, you know, I I, I would say let's give them uh, let's give them uh, McDuffie and uh, and yeah, and kiss the AFC goodbye for everybody else. I would say that's it. They get That's over the it. hump this year, too, by the way. That's my prediction. Bill's it'd in the Super nice. Bowl. Yeah, it, it'd be nice to, to see that. Not that we pick favorites. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, we are we are on to the Tennessee Titans at 26. You want to get wild? I do. Are you thinking quarterback? Yeah, baby. I mean, yeah. here's here's my thought process, right? If you're John Robinson, you're either in full-on veteran replacement full-time mode or you're in, you know, we're this is about where we're going to pick for the, for the foreseeable future. Like we're a good organization, we're run well. Um we have good players and so it's always going to be like 20 to 32. Um, do we take a shot on someone, get the fifth year option because I don't, they don't have a second round pick. Um, so it's not like they can kind of hang around there and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, the thing. So I don't know. You take, you take quarterback here or like, gosh, would, would Traylon Burks look so good in that offense, you know? Uh, but uh, next to AJ Brown, I mean, that, that would really be something. And you, and you give Ryan Tannehill one more shot. Um, but because at some point you're going to have to, you know, Derrick Henry's not going to be able to carry this thing all by himself, you know, and and, and AJ Brown's going to need some people to kind of play off of, um, like he did, like he had in the best of his years in in Tennessee. So I don't know. I'm between quarterback. Um, you know, I think there's probably a little internal discussion going on right now in the war room. You know, you get you see Desmond Ritter up there. You're thinking, I don't know. You know, certainly when you're taking a quarterback at this portion of the first round salary doesn't play into it that much because you can uh let's say we do haven't taken desmond ritter here their quarterback room their total salary is just not 
you know, it, it's not going to eat the cap in a way that, uh, you know, Ritter becomes your backup, and now you don't have to pay $8 million for a backup or whatever uh, the number would be. The thing that gives me hesitance with them getting out of this is you missed on a first-round pick uh, in 2020. You're looking at Tannehill's deal. I, I don't know. Is Tannehill going to force their hand at some point where they're going to need cap, uh, you know, cap relief and, you know, basically do the Kirk Cousins thing with him? It, w- will they end up landing in that type of spot? Woof. That but, would be uh, tough. Uh, right now, if they just let it sit, they have him for one more year. They can get out after this year. Yep. Uh, I mean, what the dead cap is uh, eighteen. Eighteen on on a on a thirty six point six. If they hang on to him, so yeah, I guess I I guess I could see that hanging on to him there. Yeah, I you know I think, uh, but but you're right. You bring up a really good point on. Um, on their pick from last year, it puts you in a difficult situation, certainly. And, you know, this is a slippery slope. Like, how many dominant teams have we seen that just, like, you know, even the Eagles in 2018, it's like, you know, that next year, it's like they just looked so unstoppable for such a long period of time, and that whole core was all extended through the same period of time. And you're like, this team is just tough. It's tough from top to bottom. They're going to keep winning the uh, the NFC East uh, year after year and it it ended up not happening that way um but what i you know so yeah i mean i think that there's certainly a concern there i think it's we saw that with the chiefs too like you start making some kind of goofy luxury picks or you miss on one or two guys and then all of a sudden um all of a sudden you're kind of sol um they got robert woods so maybe that's their um you know, maybe that's their receiver pick, but I mean, listen, they need offensive line depth. They need cornerback depth. They need, uh, I, I think they need that after Derrick Henry weapon that they're, they have to be looking at. Um, so I don't know. I think there's a lot of different ways they can go here, but you're right. I mean, they need, they need some stuff and, you know, maybe qu- quarterback is one of those things that, you know, you kind of do if you're locked down and the rest of the division isn't coming to get you, but, um, you know, I think the uh, the South is going to be a lot more competitive this year. Well, let's simplify it and go this way. Uh, if they take a quarterback, we're going to have them taking Desmond Ritter. Uh, and I hate to give him this label before he has played a single game of professional football, but I feel like Ritter's the kind of guy, I like him as like a system guy. If you trust your system, I like dropping Ritter in there. Now, do you basically have the same problem with Ritter that you had with Tannehill where he's not going to lift the system and that's really what you need? I don't know, but I think if nothing else, he's just, he's a really inexpensive option to, <laughs> to put in there uh, as opposed to what Tannehill is going to cost to, to bring back uh, if you have to do a new contract with him. If it's not him, I could see them going offensive line here. Do you, do you, Take a Kenyon Green. Uh, do you take a? I mean, maybe, maybe Linderbaum is is a fit there. I know Ben Jones is still playing good football, but uh, I could see them going that route as well. I you know, you hate to call like Linderbaum a a, a safe pick here, but he is you know kind of feels like a safe pick. Yeah, I mean, I would say what you have like what 
maybe Jamarco Jones as your left guard right now. Um, you know, everyone's freaking out about the right tackle spot, but Dylan Raddins, you know, I, I feel like you give him a shot. You know, didn't I think he he took only what like a hundred snaps last year? Mm-hmm. Second round pick out of North Dakota State, so I think there's still some time to develop there. I don't think you totally freak out about that spot, but you always need those flex interior guys, and so I I do like maybe going uh, in that direction for sure. I mean, you know, Roger Saffold was so important to um, what they had done for so long, and he's obviously out of town now. But So either Zion Johnson or uh, Kenyon Green, I think, either way, I think, you, you know, you, uh, you're doing a pretty good job there. I feel like Zion is I, – I do like Kenyon Green as a – prospect better than Zion Johnson, but I feel like Zion's a better uh, a better fit here scheme-wise. Yeah, yeah, more flexible, uh, more cross-trained, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just wel- welcome to Nashville, Zion. Congratulations. Oh, and you know what? He he played with, uh, he played with Mike Vrabel's son. There you oh. go. You have to take your son's friend with oh. the first round pick. You have to draft your uh, son-in-law. You have to take mm-hmm. your son's friends. Where, where was the... Um, oh, I think it was uh, another Jet story. Because uh, remember like three weeks ago, I couldn't remember the GM's name, and now I still can't remember it? Holy <laughs> crap. Do you remember this from like three shows ago? Yes. And now I forgot it. Oh, Idzik. John Idzik. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I believe... He had a family member who played at Wake Forest, and they drafted Tommy Bohannon, the fullback, out of Wake Forest mm-hmm. in the seventh round. Uh, it was a big day. Yeah. Tebow, Tommy Bohannon. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you draft your kid's friends, you know? He's got all the, the – the, they got all the dirt on him, you know? I like mm-hmm. that. I like that a lot. All right. Zion Johnson goes to the Titans here at number 26. That brings us to the Bucks at – 27 oh boy it's such (sighs) it's a really good roster uh it's such an aging defensive line Mm -hmm. uh and then you know it's like i don't know i i look at the secondary i feel good about everyone they have in the secondary you just remember last year it's like oh that's that's where the injuries hit so now you got to do something about it I'm not sure that's the case, but it just feels like the knee-jerk reaction that you have to it. Yeah. Um, if I'm them, you know, I'm I'm just saying, okay, you know, bad luck here. Maybe you come back and you hit it um, in one of the later rounds for some depth. I mean, clearly you have a system there. Like, if you, if you have Todd Bowles, I don't think you need to worry as much about a player-led system. You know, I think mm-hmm. that you can make it work that way. And if you nailed an interior D-line pick here, I think you're golden. Like, I really don't think you have much to worry about on the defensive end. I mean, I, I have them going interior D-line, um, but I, uh, you know, I, I could be swayed. I don't really know if I want to sway you. I don't know where else you go here. Uh, I am looking at University of Connecticut's Travis yes, Jones. Yes, you are. UConn, think- Gary. I think it's just a no-brainer. You get all your best players from the greater New England area here. Yeah. And you um, win Super Bowls. The uh the cradle of uh the cradle of power football, you know? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. had so in my mock draft, uh, which I know that really that's what you guys do. You sign up for this podcast to listen to me recount, uh <laughs> dramatically recount my week old mock draft. Um but uh I I had them trading back uh 
to the end of the first round there and taking Travis Jones. Um, I I watched a couple. Uh, I watched the Clemson game, which uh, you know, and they were just so overmatched, like comically overmatched in that game. And I gotta say, like in Purdue, I think they played Purdue, um, and I think I saw him against Purdue too. And like both of those games, you're just getting demolished, and he's still getting double teamed, and it's like late in the fourth quarter. And like, I think so many of those other guys would have just punted their helmet into the stands by that point. But, uh, he's playing hard, you know? And, uh, I think sometimes, uh, talent is just weirdly distributed. And once in a while, the Yukon Huskies end up with a great, uh, defensive tackle. They do. And, uh, you know, full of Fatu Kasi, uh, you know, they grow them out there. <laughs> TTU. <laughs> Yukon. There's two of them. There's two of them. Now you got a thing. Defensive Tackle University. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. We are at the Packers at 28. We had some fun with the last one. I, you got to take a receiver with one of these Have first to. round picks, though, Have right? To. Have to. Have to. And it's like, I don't want to speak for you, but like... Uh, yeah, Traylon Burks. I mean, you know, we've been talking about him being the consummate outside zone receiver. I think you take him here. Let, you know, let's not fart around. Uh, let's uh, not that anyone's goal, I guess, during draft time is to fart around, but the Packers should stop farting around and just take <laughs> Traylon Burks. Right? Quit farting put around. A, put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> Quit farting around. Did it, was that? Did that? Anybody ever say that to you? Like back in? Like was that a thing when you were growing? Like our, I think our football coaches used to say that a lot. Quit farting around, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember hearing it very often. I, I mean, I've heard the phrase, I'm familiar with the phrase, but I don't know if anyone's really said it to me at any point. I maybe I just don't fart around. Yeah, I was gonna say you, you might just not fart around. Uh, you know, I might have just been a, a real fart around kind of guy. But uh, <laughs> tra- Traylon Burks, I mean, goodness gracious, just, just get him in there, you know. Uh, let let Aaron Rodgers like look a safety off and then bang him with like a like a quick slant and let him run like sixty yards into the end zone. Let's let's yeah. get this thing done. I mean, just looking at the receiver, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, uh, hand selected Randall Cobb for for Aaron Rodgers. All those young guys are gone. 
uh, except for Amari Rodgers, who they took in the third round last year. The last I saw of Amari Rodgers, and, and possibly I missed something late in the year, was uh, he ran a little route into the flat incorrectly in that Thursday night win over the Cardinals, and I think that was like it. He was just <laughs> crossed off the list. I'm sure they'll give it another try this year, but Aaron Rodgers was just like, nope. Never again. Apparently, playing uh, a playing receiver for Aaron Rodgers is like uh, being a drummer in Whiplash. Like you, you miss <laughs> you miss a cymbal hit, and then what's the guy's name? J.K. Simmons just throws a <laughs> yeah. throws a drum head at you and, uh, and and tries to have you murdered. So, oh. we are at pick twenty nine. We're actually back to back with the Chiefs now, so we don't even really have to introduce thirty here. That's kind of neat. Maybe they can yeah. just announce both at the same time. So 29 and 30. Have them come out holding hands. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Would you ever, if you were the Chiefs, if, like, so say you're at 29, and then you just decide not to pick, right? And then the next team can run ahead, and that's just you. So yeah. you could just do whatever the hell you want. Like, that's pretty awesome, you know? Yeah, by whatever the hell you want. You can do specifically that, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and endless options. <laughs> um, you could. Uh, what what is it on the? Uh, is it fifteen minutes or is it ten? Am I on my mind? Oh boy, I. Th- that's a really good question. I honestly can't remember. I think they cut it down to ten when they went to Thursday night. I could be wrong though. <laughs> 10 minutes, 10 minutes, no. sorry, okay. sorry, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, yeah, all right, yeah. so here's what you could do, um, here's what I would do if I was Andy Reid, um, you key up like, like you just have the entire, like you know that the war room camera is on, right, and then you just have the entire staff, like this is, this would be like a Belichick thing, right, what's like a good show that lasts like, like, di- like diners, drive-ins and dives, right? Cause with no commercials that runs about 22 minutes, right? Okay. Yep. So, you know, you, f- you have it fast forwarded through the, through the intro and then, you know, you, you get on the clock and then you just bang an episode of triple D, you know who you're taking. And so you just have a guy with the card in there and then you just have Guy Fieri playing in the background for 22 minutes, like, like a yeah. random episode where he's in like Montreal eating corned beef, you know? And then, just, just like a nice little middle finger to the NFL, and uh, you know, no, no one would get mad at Andy Reid for doing it. Like if, like Andy Reid would do it, it's funny, you know. If, yeah. If one, if one of us do it, it's destructive or dark or you know, <laughs> serial killery. <laughs> All right, what, what are we, what are we doing here with this pick? Outside or outside, these picks? Outside of watching Triple D. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs are weird, right? I mean, I think if if you're Andy Reid, you've done so much work, right, on the offensive line. I mean, to me, I would go wide receiver, defensive back in some sort of combination here. I think you would go defensive back, in a way that like maybe a guy who can transition positions a little bit like you're you 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 got a replacement for Tyron Matthew but I don't know if you got a one for one replacement for Tyron Matthew right mm-hmm. I think you need a guy that can diversify the system a little bit or you take a, an explosive wide receiver and I think the, any any 
any receiver is going to come in and you're not going to call him Tyreek Hill, but you're going to have that issue. But if you got Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, like I think it's that similar short range quickness. Like I just think about that three ride receiver set that they line up right where they do the two quick slants and then the out that Tyreek Hill runs and you just bang him near the sideline and he just runs around right to the pylon like Mm -hmm. that. Dotson could do that for you. You know, I think he could be in there fairly quickly and maybe some elements out of the backfield too let's do that let's give him Dotson with mm-hmm. uh with this first pick here and then let's look at the defensive backs with the second pick because you look you have Daxton Hill the safety out of Michigan who's really mm-hmm. I mean he, he's an overhand guy he's you're gonna play him in that uh you know over the slot there and he's really good in that spot he's not a boundary corner and and you you know you lost Chavarius Ward uh, how much you try to replace specifically Chavarius Ward, or how much are you going to say, okay, well we're gonna we're gonna diversify things. We're maybe not going to blitz as much. Uh, we have invested in the defensive line over the years, and, and we're going to trust that those guys can actually get home here. Uh, if you do want to kind of replicate what you had in Ward, I mean, yeah, you're looking at uh, you're probably looking at like Andrew Booth. You're looking at Kyer Elam. You're looking at one of those guys at this point. Yeah. Um, I would guess that as hard as it is for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to break in a new receiver, it's going to be not equally as hard, but almost as hard for Steve Spagnuolo to break in a new defensive back. But it's just something they're going to have to do, like on the fly. Uh, I don't think they've really left themselves any options. But goodness, does, is is Dax Hill fun to watch? I, I can't. He's. It stinks that he's still here because I think he's awesome, and I think he would. He'll probably be gone. But I think the Chiefs need a cornerback a little bit more. All right. How about that's, Andrew Booth? That's that's who I had in my mock draft. That's kind of who I'm, um, you know, I just, again, I just want this to be a dramatic reading of my mock. So, um, yeah, I think that works for me. A big physical guy, you know, um, plays in the, uh, you know, notoriously feisty AF, ACC. So, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go on to the AFC champion. Cincinnati Bengals here with pick 31. Uh, we're looking at, I mean, certainly they, they address the offensive line during free agency here. So they're not necessarily, I mean, yeah, you could say left guard is a spot that maybe they still have to uh, look at here, but it seems like this is probably a defense pick here. could be a defense pick, but again, I could see them going um, offensive line here. I mean, Ted Karras can play guard too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I don't know if, you know, Linderbaum is necessarily a fit there, but, you know, you have some position versatility. You de- certainly want some depth there. Um, I think they could get away with that. I think, you know, gosh, we're kind of, we've been brutal to the off ball linebackers. Um, uh, and I think that this is a spot that they might be able to come in and, uh, and, and make an appearance uh, tight end. I think, you know, even though they got Hayden Hurst this off season, cornerback, I just, you know, Eli Apple is, you know, a guy that can, you know, do you really want him to be your, your number two guy? And I, I know Duke Tobin said, I don't see an immediate starter need right now. And I, I find him to be a fairly honest uh, public speaker. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know what, what they do. I mean, your worst unit defensively are probably your linebackers, right? Overall. Yeah. And they held up okay. And in, they did. Yeah. The they, they didn't play poorly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of young guys. It's a lot of guys entering what year? There, there's three 2020 draft picks and a 2019 draft pick here in Jermaine Pratt. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think you kind of feel good enough that you're going to get a little bit of improvement there. The thing that does make me nervous is, uh, I mean, Eli Apple makes me nervous anyway, but if Eli Apple goes down or, or uh, Chilby Awuzie goes down, there's not much behind that. Uh, you know, you're looking at Trey Flowers probably coming off the bench here. Uh, I think that's why you end up probably going cornerback with this pick. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum would be really interesting, but, uh, again, I don't know, I don't know if he has the same value for them that, uh, that he'd have for a lot of other teams here. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I was thinking too, you know, you look through the, uh, you look through the receiving core and boy, I mean, you know, I don't know if you have any real issues. It's not like you're worried about losing anybody anytime soon, you know? Uh, Jamar Chase will probably rightfully, maybe after next year, start stomping his foot and asking for a new contract. But otherwise, I mean, you're, you're set. I mean, this team is like, you know, you know, when you do a really good job of your like Madden franchise and you're like, I just can't do any better than this. And so I'm just going to I'm going to blow the whole thing up and move yeah. the team to San Antonio for no reason. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's what they could kind of do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of good players left on the board, you know, so. I'm uh, I'm looking at the cornerbacks here. So Kyler Gordon, I'm a Kyler Gordon guy out of Washington. Uh, Kyer Elam. Uh, I, you're also I guess you're getting a little bit thin with the cornerbacks as well. Yeah, but man, if you could if you go back, we we're in a world here where Kenyon Green and Tyler Linderbaum are still on the board. Just undo that Ted Karras deal. Just cut him. I know. Go back and spend it on a go back and spend it on a cornerback in March. I mean, I think if this many here here's one thing that I will say against Tyler Linderbaum, which I'm just remembering, and I had them mocked to the Bengals. So, um, but you know, I was talking to a lot of people for the Super Bowl story, and a lot of their people in their scouting department about how they view things. And Mike Brown, the owner, he'll sit in there, and the first or Katie Blackburn, um, and the first thing that they'll ask is okay, we're drafting an offensive lineman in the first round. How many positions can he play? He has to he has to play multiple positions, right? So I don't think that you can draft. I don't think you can necessarily get away with drafting a pure center uh, if you're the Bengals in the first round of the draft. Interesting, interesting. So you're probably talking about Kenyon Green if it's offensive line, or you're talking about, we'll just say, I'll, I'll throw out Kyler Gordon because I like him here at, uh, at 31, even though it's your pick. So I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll seed the floor. Boy, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of leaning Kenyon Green because, I mean, you're set up, you know? You're set up. Um, and then maybe maybe if I'm the Bengals, you know, because, you know, that's that's you're still in the meat of the first-round offensive lineman. You're getting some good value there. Cornerback, mm-hmm. um, there's a bit of a drop-off, unless they're in love with somebody there. Uh, you know, I would say if you're in love with the corner, you go for it because that was always a big Marvin thing. I mean, they drafted cornerback after cornerback after cornerback. And I think that was an organizational philosophy that they kind of kept on that end. So if you love somebody, take them. If not, I think Kenyon green, you throw him in there and you let him compete. I think he went, I think he could win a job out of camp, you know? All right, let's do it. Kenyon green to the Bengals here at 31. And that brings us to the lions who own 
the Rams pick at 32 from the Matthew Stafford trade. Uh, we talked about the Lions last show. We gave them Aiden Hutchinson with the number two overall pick. Uh, we, I, I feel like we're still looking at the defense side of the ball mostly for them. Uh, they're kicking the tires on DJ Chark. Uh, I think you have a potential long-term number one in Amonra St. Brown there. Uh, but they're also still trying to figure out what they're going to be offensively. This is also, look, we left Desmond Ritter on the board. Do you take him here and just sort of figure out, you know, might he be the guy going forward? Jared Goff is fine as a, as a bridge guy, but he's not going to be your long-term solution there. So I guess if you're going offense, maybe you're looking at the quarterbacks. If you're going defense, uh... It's it's tough because they're not really married to any of these guys. It's still a lot of old regime holdovers, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I could see them going linebacker at this spot. There are a couple good linebackers on uh, uh, on our board at this point. Here's what I would say philosophically. Um, you know, it was interesting. Like I, you know, and kind of digging around last off season uh, or this past year on the coaching search stuff. Um, Dan Campbell's name came up once or twice and as like a not now, but probably soon kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I I just don't think, especially if you brought in like a Rams executive to spearhead this turnaround, this ain't going to be like a six year thing. I think if the lions don't win now, um, you know, I think it's going to be hard for Dan Campbell to stay. So I think they're doing stuff like this needs to happen now. Like we need to win like seven games this year, you know? Um, that would be my philosophy. So if I'm Dan Campbell, I'm pounding the door for like a playmaker, like a guy that's going to help me score points, a guy that's going to help me win games. Uh, so I don't know. I, I liked a receiver for them, but you know, I, I quarterback is interesting, right? I mean, cause you're going to have a hard time recruiting, right? Yeah. Um, you're going to have a, you're going to have a hard time recruiting uh, a veteran guy. I, you know, I don't think, you know, uh, like Jimmy Garoppolo's coming there if he has a full no trade, exactly, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe somewhere along the line here, they end up nabbing Baker Mayfield somehow. Um, but, whew, I don't know. And just because Christian Watson's on the board and he looks so cool, you know, he would look, he would look really <laughs> cool in that offense. Wouldn't That's he? the thing. It's, it's like if you need immediate playmaker, it's uh, the, the top receivers left on our board. Uh, are likely Christian Watson and and Sky Moore, both non-Power 5 guys. Not that that's the end-all, be-all, but do you want to sort of put your chips in that... I don't know what this metaphor is. On their (laughs) table? Is that that how poker works? Everyone has their own table and like a little tray table and you just... I don't know. Uh, Anyways, it's Christian Watson out of North Dakota State and then Sky Moore uh, out of... uh, He's central. No, he's Western Michigan. Western Michigan. Uh, I have I have watched quite a bit of him. He blew people away with uh, sort of initial quickness. I, I am nervous about his transition to the NFL. I, I think is how I sum that up. Um, what about like I don't know. Do you think that we could just do this for our sake because it's our mock draft and screw everybody else and we're right and they're wrong? What about your boy Khalil Shakir here? Oh man. Like let's just let's just take the board and pff, like just like blow it into a million pieces, you know? In my in my 
personal mock draft, I mean, he was gone at like four. <laughs> but the Gary Grambling guys, the Triple G mock draft. We we can just do it. I mean, look if if you are a if you are a Lions fan, just know that this is you know sort of filling your favorite wide receiver. So I will do that. It is my pick at thirty-two. That's what I'm saying. I'm offering you the chance to. Uh, I'm offering you the chance to get him on the board because my biggest regret was not putting him in my mock draft, and so I can, I can make up for that mistake uh, on my end, and uh, we can just get like a guy that we love. I mean, Jared Goff really liked Cooper Cup. Like I, I think they need to win games this year. They need to do it. Right away. We, you and I both love the Cooper Cup comp on Khalil Shakir. So, I don't know. Lil, uh, Lil Cooper Cup. Khalil yes. Shakir. Do goes it. to the Lions here. Boom. Done. That's a good finale for our first round there. Isn't it? It is. Uh, we have we still have seven teams to go, though. We have seven teams who do not, as of the time of this taping, have a first-round pick. Uh, we are jumping down to the Bears at 39. Let's uh, let's talk Bears draft needs, and I guess that's 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 kind of everything. Yeah, this one got me in quite a bit of trouble. Um, uh, I went on uh, good friend Adam Rank's uh, podcast. He's got a great uh, Bears podcast. You guys should uh, should check out. I believe called the Sick Podcast. Um, and uh, we had a good uh, we had a good half an hour argument about. I, I was advocating for Justin Fields, and still do think that. Uh, he should request a trade. I think he should leave. Uh, I don't think, you know, the NFL is is impatient with quarterbacks as it is, and they chew them up and they spit them out. And so um, I don't see a way for them to get a whole lot better here. They need everything. Um, and I would not be uh, like, where to even start? You know, um, I think you would probably, my guess is if you're transferring to a Packers-esque system, right? Because you have Luke Getze in there. Like, this mm-hmm. this offensive line's got to get taken care of. Like, yeah. you, you need some serious help there. I mean, your cornerbacks, you're going to have some, some issues there. I mean, who's even your, like, I mean, you have Jalen Johnson. Who else are you playing at corner right now? Um, I mean... I mean, Robert Quinn is your best player, like in the in the yes. franchise. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so it's scary. I mean, you have some options, but uh, yeah, I mean, boy, I don't know. I would probably go with this offensive line first, right? I mean, Larry Borum is penciled in as their starter at right tackle, probably, and that's not great. I mean, they're all new. You know, Dakota Dozier comes in from Minnesota, and uh, and Lucas Patrick. That's your center, right guard, right tackle, and that just looks an awful lot like what they had in Cincinnati last year. Yeah. Um, so I would probably go with, and I think it'll be available in this area, so we're not being completely ridiculous, but like, uh, you know, like Tyler Smith out of Tulsa probably makes some sense here. Yep. And he's a... He's a guy, I, I don't know if he's 100% ideal for sort of like a, a wide zone type of thing, but uh, he does bring that kind of, you know, mentality that, you know, he, he's one of the best pure run blockers in this draft class. And if you're the Bears, you're probably going to, you hope you can stay in games, but 
you probably want to run the ball as much as you possibly can, both because of your lack of talent and because of the climate you play in and because of the fact that uh, you're just going to want to be hanging around in games. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, I, you know, uh, that that's kind of where I was uh, thinking. I mean, you could, I mean, this might be a little bit of a reach, but you have a guy like Zach Tom from Wake Forest, and mm-hmm. you did a lot of that kind of, I mean, their offense is awesome, by the way. Um, super cool. And I hope that at least uh, the, the Bears watched him and so they could see their offense and see all the cool things they did. But, yep. Um, yep. you know, maybe a little bit of a reach there, but super athletic, super gritty. Um, and, you know, kind of, you know, had, had to hold down a lot of, uh, difficult blocks on his, on his own. And, and, you know, I think he could, I think he could make that happen, but, uh, you know, I think any of those guys, you know, uh, but ideally if the kid from Tulsa is there, you take him. All right, let's do it. Good break here for the bears who fix all their ills by taking Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Uh, <laughs> we jump down to the Colts at 42. Let's talk Colts draft needs. Okay, so uh, I think you probably need some secondary depth at this point. You need a wide receiver. Uh, you need a you, and you need a left tackle. Um, uh, I, but these are a lot of things that you need. I mean, Cleo Shakir is off the board now, so we can't uh, yeah. we can't put him in Indianapolis. So we kind of shot shame. ourselves in the foot there. Should should have traded uh, up. Um, but uh, I, I could be pushed back. I, you know, uh, Pitt, Michael Pittman Jr. is great. Um, you know, I could be pushed back. And, and you got Stephen Gilmore and and Kenny Moore. So your cornerbacks are okay. Um, they have Yannick Ngakwe. So according to Gary, like, they don't need any other defensive players. Um, no. No, they're uh, fine. Yeah, you're, you're just fine there. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I think, boy. I mean, right now you have Matt Pryor as your left tackle. And I know that they like him. Uh, I know that they want to give him a shot, but you have Matt Ryan in there. Um, yeah. But, you know, Matt Pryor right now is probably going to be better than anybody that you're going to get in the second round. But do you do you go up and do you get a guy like that, uh, the, like a development guy? Or here's the other thing. Like, at some point, they've got to get a quarterback in there, like, like a long-term mm-hmm. solution. So, like, do you do that? Um, but I don't know. Uh, I mean – I, I think they have to start making some win now moves, you know. I agree. Yeah, and that's why I think they back off the offensive tackles, even though that probably is if they had a first round pick, that's probably where you end up going in this spot. But uh I mean whatever, maybe maybe a, a Bernard Raymond falls to them there and, and they end up pulling the pulling the trigger on that. But yeah, I, I kinda like receivers here. For this team, I I don't know how much confidence you have in Ashton Doolin uh, opposite Michael Pittman or, you know, considering the first three years of his career, I don't know how much you can trust uh, Paris Campbell to stay healthy and stay on the field at this point. Yeah, so I don't know, is is like, is Sky Moore available? Probably not at this point. Um, I mean, yeah. More Watson, maybe on the board. One of them. Uh, let's just find. A, let's find what. Let's find someone you want to fit in here, uh, and just say that they're available at this pick. <laughs> Jamison Williams. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Um, I mean, George. I'm a big George Pickens guy. Uh, you know, a little bit raw. I don't know if he's necessarily. I don't know if you trust him to immediately contribute. I also don't know if he's on the board. I think he's a, a probably pretty polarizing guy uh, at this point. I think he's a guy that two years ago you would have said he's probably going to be the number one receiver in this draft class uh, and just you know missed most of last year with the ACL. Is it too early to take Bo Melton? Who's comped as the as uh, Lance Zerline does a great job on uh, his draft projections, um, and it was next level comp of Griff Whalen. So whoa, do, do, do that's you a good move, comp. Do do you do you get up now and do you get your Griff Whalen? I just I like Bo Melton. I'm just a, I'm a Rutgers supporter. I'm a local yokel, so mm-hmm. go. Uh, Go Rutgers there. Probably a little too early to take Bo Melton. Yeah, I don't know but. if we give you the same uh, UConn bump with, uh, with <laughs> Bo Melton there. Um, I don't know. I mean... I kind of want to plug George Pickens in here. I don't know if he actually is available. Is that okay. ridiculous? Uh, he's probably not available, right? 40... Where are we? We're at 42. 42. Um, yeah, I mean, you know... If not him, Jalen Tolbert, maybe. All right, Tolbert might be a little more realistic. I can go with that. South Alabama, too. South Alabama. All right, Jalen Tolbert to the Colts at 42. That uh, We just jumped down to the Browns at 44 now. Uh, quarterback, probably, right? Mm. Just kidding. Mm. Um. <laughs> Um, wouldn't it be great if they had Baker on the roster still and then drafted a, another quarterback? Uh, I think, I think that would be, uh, be entertaining to me. Make me laugh. Uh, what does D Podesta's board say? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, you're Amari Cooper's more high-end number two, but also I, I don't know if you're going to get more than a high-end number two at this point in the draft. Uh, outside of that, I mean, you do kind of... You need to get a contributor with this pick because you're just not going to have a ton of flexibility going forward with the uh, the amount of money you have invested in your stars, mm-hmm. which is a fine way to build it. Uh, that's not a criticism, but you do need to hit on these day two picks. I mean, yeah, looking at the receivers, uh, you could probably use an edge opposite Miles Garrett at this point. And that's probably where you end up going. Yeah, I mean, I think they're probably waiting on Jadevian Clowney, right, at this point mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to see maybe that's one of the reasons that they're kind of waiting him out to see what happens. Um, what about Josh Pascal from Kentucky? Okay. Ed, edge guy, uh, comped as the next Emmanuel Ogba, who the Browns actually drafted in uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at one point. Um, kind of your not like unsexy, not moves based edge rusher who's just going to kind of, you know, set the table for Miles Garrett uh, on the other side. Um, and do you want to know a few interesting things about uh, Josh Pascal? Ooh, I do. Okay. Um, his nickname is JP. 
Um, the last time he was star- starstruck was when he saw Jennifer Lopez in person at the Today Show. Um, and three oh, words. That's, yeah, that's pretty I mean, good. That's a pretty good one. Jennifer Lopez in person is good. I think I would be very starstruck if I saw mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Lopez in person. Uh, and three words you could use to describe him are vibe, quiet, and thoughtful. So I don't know where that fits on the Browns big board. Uh, but yeah. Quiet and thoughtful uh, for Josh Pascal. I like that. I like him. Bring him in. Yeah. Immediate success. Josh Pascal to the Browns at 44. We jump down to the 49ers at 61. Debo Sim. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, are they going to, you know, the tenor of this pick could change dramatically. I mean, they could they could end up with two first-round picks. You know, like they yeah. could end up with a first-round pick in this. Uh but mm-hmm. I think they need defensive interior help. I think they need another edge guy. I think they need uh, safety help. I think there's a lot of options here. Yeah. I was going to say cornerback, although they brought in Traverius Ward, who is just such a such a good fit uh, in D'Amico Ryan's defense here for all the blitzing Ryan's wants to flash at very important times. Uh yeah, and I guess if you trust Ambry Thomas, that, that's a that's a cornerback group you could live with. Boy, I mean, it's tough pickings. I mean, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna plug in. You might not plug in an immediate starter here. I mean, especially not anyone that I think that's worth. You know, I mean, you still have, you know, D Ford on the other side uh, of that uh, of of that defensive line. You know, but it is what it is at this point uh and if debo samuel's gone i mean you're going to absolutely need to layer with with your weapons here but i mean you brought in you brought in george odom at safety but that's it i mean so i i don't know i mean javon kinlaw you still probably want to give some time give him a chance to kind of come around here so I don't know where you where you kind of pick your spots here. I mean, this team was always historically great when they had pass rushers, and I know this class is going to be deeper um, uh, than others theoretically. I mean, would you hope that uh, would you hope that like an injured guy falls here? I mean, it, it's pretty late, so I mean, even like David Ajabo is definitely gone. You know, uh, mm-hmm. by by this point, you know, I don't know. No, uh, I don't know. What, 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 what do you think? What say you, Gary? If you're getting here, I mean, edge guys, Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State, uh, really productive and dominant at a, at a non-Power 5 conference. Uh, gosh, the other guys you're looking at, uh, Kingsley Enigbare out of South Carolina, big uh Big testing guy, uh, bit, bit of a bit of a raw guy to develop there. So, how much do you trust your your developmental abilities? Well, I would that be would, would that kind of be what you do there, right? Like, would that be the move? Just because you know, I mean, there could be a there could be a huge upside to to something like that, and theoretically. Um, You've seen him. I mean, you've you've scouted Javon Kinlaw. You know you have good information uh, from the program. 
uh, generally, even though they had a head coaching change since they took Javon Kinlaw. Um, but I don't know. I mean, someone like Kingsley Enigbare makes a lot of sense to me, like super, just incredibly athletic, you know, and maybe by like week eight, week nine, you know, you could kind of squeeze him in there uh, and had to play tough. I mean, South Carolina, you got to give these guys a lot of credit. Like they're, they're perpetually overmatched, right. In a really tough um, division. And, you know, they're, they're playing against guys that are a lot better than them a lot of times too. All right, let's do it. I'm on board with that. Uh, the 49ers take Kinsley. Uh, I, I think it's actually Enig Barre. Kingsley Enig Barre. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. We are down to the Broncos at 64 as we just, I mean, we are crawling to the finish here. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't pick up on that. Yeah, Broncos at 64. Uh, what are we looking for for the Broncos as far as spots where they need contributors at this point. I I would think you're looking defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think that they went into this offseason knowing that they needed help um, at the edge rushing position, and they end up going overpaying for Randy Gregory there. And, boy, I, I mean, I, I think Randy Gregory's never been a full-time player, right? So I think that you're going to need to supplement that in some way, shape, or form. All right. Well, we just talked some. We just talked some Cameron Thomas. Uh, if you're going down below that, you're probably looking at uh, a MyJ Sanders, really undersized edge rusher, Sam Williams, uh, another sort of boomer bust guy, uh, but a pretty pretty electric mover there out of Ole Miss. Yeah, that's probably what you're looking at. I mean, those two guys probably profile as, you know, maybe 25 to 30 snaps as rookies, and you hope you get something out of him here. Yeah, I mean, Sanders is interesting, right, because he's smaller, but again, if you're sub if you're sub packaging him, you can and and waiting to see what he matures into, um, you know, you can you can be creative with him. Um, you can put him in uh, to only kind of the advantageous sort of rush situations or kind of athletic down situations. And 
Um, boy, I mean, boy, is he quick off the ball. So I don't know. I, I think that's a great that's a great spot for him. I do too. I really agree with you, Connor. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go. MyJ Sanders out of Cincinnati to the Broncos, which brings no, us no fighting in this draft room, by the way. I know. Well, it's day two, and everyone's just looking to get out of here and go on vacation. <laughs> I remember in college, like we would be, we'd be like, yeah, let's watch the draft, and then like we'd get so much alcohol for like the whole thing, you know. And so you'd do like <laughs> night one, and you'd be like, yeah, and then like, be like, all right, we waking up at noon on Saturday, for, you know, for the draft, and you're like, yeah, and then like round four, it's just like, na 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 na, and we're just like, who the, who the yeah. hell is this? Like, yep. I think at Syracuse, we were just waiting for someone to draft uh, Alec Lemon. Ooh, nice, good pull. Right. We have two picks to go here, and we are down in the third round. 86 is where the Raiders will first pick. The Josh McDaniels Raiders. Mm-hmm. So I, the Raiders are interesting to me because y- you can't necessarily – like I've seen everybody kind of just sort of go all in on the idea that they're going to be doing all of the things that Bill Belichick has done, right? So you, mm-hmm. are you drafting some sort of movement, you know, uh, you know, this sort of versatile safety type player, or this hybrid linebacker player, um, or you're bolstering your defensive interior, which are kind of like the three or four things that Bill Belichick would probably do with this pick. I don't know if this is necessarily going to be like a Belichick clone defense, but boy is what Belichick does popular right now. So I, I think, you know, you could probably safely say that, A, they need help in the secondary, and in that division, you're just going to need capable player on top of capable player um, in, in the secondary. Whether And I think they need help. I mean, I don't know if you cut ties at this point with uh, Jonathan Abram. Um, you know, your best corner at this point is Rakyasin, maybe? Yeah. Um, you know. Trayvon Mullen uh, didn't play a ton last year, so I don't know. I mean, you uh, that's uh, this is a, I, I think somewhere in there you gotta get you gotta get a contributor. I mean, they so they like their size in the secondary. I'm looking at maybe Martin Emerson from Mississippi State. Uh, I don't love his movement skills, but I do like the size, and and I think there's enough there, and I think he's physical enough that maybe you can just move him around. You can play him inside uh, against bigger uh, opponents here. You know, maybe he covers tight ends. Maybe he's that uh, Joan Williams type of piece that uh, that the Patriots have. Although he's he's not as athletic as Williams. I like that, and if you're Josh McDaniels, you know Joe Judge, who has connections with the Mississippi State program. You probably have some decent information coming out of there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, y- you don't get much more than a solid specialty player at this point, I don't think, right, mm-hmm. um, it, if you're Las Vegas. And so you're probably just banking on a, on a positional matchup guy, and maybe you try to get the guy that takes Travis Kelsey out of a game, you know? And that brings us to the last pick in our mock draft series. We're all the way down. This might be the lowest pick ever we've made here. This is pick 102 for the Dolphins. The Dolphins just drafted so poorly the last couple of years that they were just kind of like, eh, 
I'm just going to skip it now. <laughs> We're going to go get ourselves Tron Armstead and Tyreek Hill, and uh, we'll, we'll just take that weekend off. You know who we, we can't pick here, but again, I mean, this would just be for me. Um, you know, uh, there, there's a guy named Smoke Monday from Auburn. Like, <laughs> yep. I would just want him just because it's Smoke Monday, you know. Uh, mm. That said, I don't I don't think he's necessarily going to be available. Uh, so you're looking at this roster. They're pretty good in the secondary. Uh, they're, I don't know, uh, you know they're pretty good. They're, it's pretty solid. I mean, it's pretty solid all around. I don't know if there's necessarily a weakness. I would maybe take a look at the linebackers here. Uh, I like Landon Roberts as sort of rotational piece. I don't know if you want him on the field a ton. You know, other than that, are you are you taking another crack at uh, offensive line here? I mean, you're going to need Problem. some offensive mm-hmm. line help. Do you find a situational outside zone player there? Maybe. Um, Here's an interesting one. Um, just because uh, I think I'm going to have something on him this week. Um, I don't know if he lasts this long, um, but uh, I I talked to uh, Rashad White out of Arizona State, the running back, um, mm-hmm. Herm Edwards, with a Marcus Allen comp on Rashad White. Whoa. Uh, so uh, and Marcus Allen, um, as you know, knows a little uh, knows a little something about. Uh, uh, some outs knows him some outside zone a little bit so um i don't know a pro style offense you know probably fits in a little bit better with what they want to do there like i think mm-hmm. mike mcdaniel is going to come out of this draft with if he can't custom fit his offensive line he's going to at least need like a, a custom fit running back and i would i would urge you to go check out some rashad white highlights because they are uh they're, they're pretty spectacular let's do it let's do it then Rashad White at 102 to the Dolphins. And that's our show. <laughs> the end. No. Uh, what do you do at the end of a draft? You know what I mean? Like, do you just like get up and you're just like, okay. Like, that's got to be, that's a tough spot for me. I used to love sitting and now I can't sit anymore. Um, now I'm like, a, I, I, I can't sit, sit around anywhere. Like if I'm a GM, I would want to be seen like moving around a lot. I think that would be like my thing. Like maybe you just get a treadmill in there. So you just tire yourself out by the end of it. You know, I don't know. Maybe like conveyor belts on the floor. So you don't actually have to wear yourself out doing the movements. You just stand and it kind of moves you in the NFL, the great, uh, NFL draft film draft day. Um, which was just so slathered in corporate sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, the, all of his support staff were sitting there eating Papa John's for like hours. Like it would just <laughs> like Kevin Costner is like trading away the entire franchise, and it just keeps c- cutting back to people just like shoving Papa John's in their mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know what you do at the end. You know, like you, you've either been sitting there and eating the whole time, or you're just like. You know, I guess as GM though, this is sort of your lifeblood. So you're probably pretty fired up about it. Like you go home and you're like, "Yeah, we yeah. got we got Rashad White." You know, you're, you're just like you're just like chest bumping your kids, or I don't know what you do if you're it's the GM. Yeah, I thought you were talking about like us. I I just wake up on the floor in a really uncomfortable position. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's nine thirty on Saturday. When you and I, well, you mostly, uh, uh, 
do the rounds two what is it two and three right two mock draft three. one year only never again no we did it twice uh well you you did a majority of it the one year because i think i was finishing up a non-draft related story yeah and you did 90 percent of the work there um and i just snuck chase chase winovich to the patriots in there which made me i think we both agreed on that one i think we both liked that one um, yeah absolutely i think uh, it's my idea was it your idea i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> I think well, okay, so we both liked it. Um but uh boy, I remember last year doing that and just being like delirious, like hallucinating. Uh and there's just all these names coming at you and you're just like, I don't know, man, maybe there there's, was, there's you know, it, there it all was, sounds good. There was a Pete Werner disagreement last yes. year. Yes. And I, I remember said, that. I said, Connor, there's no way anyone's taking Pete Werner day two. And the Raiders took him. <laughs> Day two. I think we plugged them in with the Bengals or something. But yeah, the Raiders uh, the Raiders took them. There you go. You know what I'm going to miss? And we'll close with this. Uh, the uh, We had our fun with uh, John Gruden, the, the person. Um, uh, the Saints took Pete Werner, by the way. Um, in, oh, the, in the second round, by the way. Round two. Pete, Pete okay. Werner. I... So, I Boy, I know so little about Pete Werner. Uh, I, I didn't know who took him. I, I, yeah, I didn't know where he went. Yeah, round two, baby, Pete Werner. Okay. Um, okay. I will say this. I mean, I, let's separate the boxes for a second. John Gruden, the person that we've come to know through the emails, you know, whatever, uh, you know, troubling, obviously. John Gruden, the drafter. And and in combination with Mike Mayock, just added such a treat to the weekend. And we're not going to have that anymore. And that's kind of a bummer because there is nothing like getting to like pick. I mean, and, and they're they're going to have late picks. Who knows whether he would have traded for Devonte Adams? He definitely would have traded. John Gruden definitely would have traded for the De, Devonte Adams. He would have traded like yeah. nine picks for Devonte Adams. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing like getting to the Raiders' first pick and letting them make it, and then. You have to have the NFL Network feed on, right? Because Mike Mayock worked there for so long. Mm -hmm. So nobody's going to say anything too bad. But, like, Daniel Jeremiah is just like, yeah, I had him, like, 900th on my big board. So <laughs> interesting spot for for him. Uh, you know, and then over on ESPN, they're just like, jeepers, who is this guy? You know, and uh, um, but that was always, like, the best. Uh, you know, Cleland Farrell at four was a really mm -hmm. special moment. Um Leatherwood at 17. I mean, you know, that one, uh, you know, you take your picks on that one. But, uh, uh, boy, there was just like, uh, you know, I, there were some really special, special moments uh, throughout that process. I hope they send them out to make the pick, and it's equally as absurd as their last couple first-round picks. Smoke Monday, baby! <laughs> we will, by the way, speaking of Delirious, we're taping the show right after the first round. It'll be oh, in your God. feed. Yep. It'll be in your feed Friday morning, so uh, stick around for all the hijinks, shenanigans. Here's a fun contest we can run. Leave mm -hmm. a rating and review for the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Leave a rating and review for the podcast, and underneath it, it has to be a five-star rating. But No, I'm just kidding. It could be a one-star rating. If you don't like sure. it, you don't like it. Be honest. Be honest. We need your honesty. I'm, I'm still very new into my caffeine phase in life. 
Um, I had one cup of coffee two weeks ago. Uh, it was a little too much for me. But I'm going to need something to get me through this post-draft pod. So you leave a rating and review, and then you, you leave underneath it what I should take to stay up for the draft. And I'll do it. I'll do it live. I'll start the draft by just downing whatever you want. You want to do you want not not like mescaline, but like you know, uh, I haven't had I haven't had a Red Bull since like 2009. So if you want to do oh. if you want to do Red Bull, you want to do you want to do C4, you want to do uh, five hour energy. Um, you can you can pick uh, what I pollute my uh, pollute my system with and. Uh, you can just listen to me just go rip roaring wild on the pod. How about that? Does that sound good? I was going to say like dog food or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it can't be like eat your own poop. Yeah, no, it has to be like something people use to stay up. So and not cocaine. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only rule. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a good show Thursday night. Subscribe now if you don't already. <laughs> The MMQB NFL podcast is Connor Orr and me, Gary Gremling. We are produced by Shelby Royston. Aside's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody, and our senior podcast producer is Dan Bloom. Mark Maravik is emeritus editor of the MMQB. Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on NFL Podcasts, and once you do, please leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com and wherever else you listen to podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.